podcasts are with my I'm, I'm gonna say good friend with this right here. He came here mad and hot at me too, y'all. I love it. I've never seen him that 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 side of I got y'all. I always up. see the other side of him. So it was good to see that he had that energy, man. Uh, but this is what I would call a good brother. DC Tompkins, he's really a to me when I see him, I see a recommend, but really he's a good person. If you ever needed anything. This was me in radio and even out. These are the people who check on you like and he he he's a very saucy talker. So he talks <laughs> that's the only way I can explain it. He don't hold he don't hold his TC, where you from? I'm originally from born in Richmond, Virginia, but raised in East Texas. Okay, I, mm-hmm. I don't know why I always thought you were from New York. Well, that's where I was probably at when we met. You know, I might have been out. But I think but I met so you. Be- I think I met you though when I was working for Capital. When I was coming in and call on Boogaloo. Oh, probably, yeah, probably, I think probably, I met you probably. Then. Yeah. Okay, okay. TC has written a book. I think it's interesting because he's waited all these years to write a book about his career. Why now? He could have did it right after he decided that, not that he wasn't in it. He's always been touching it at his leisure. Even, I don't even know if it was a true retirement, but you pick and choose when you want to be a part of anything. Still to this day. Yeah, true. And they, TC is the last of the real record men. Real record men were the ones that were out there hitting the pavement, hitting the block, Truly getting your record played by any means necessary. Amen. Amen. That's true. <laughs> we don't really have those anymore. So his perspective on that, why he wrote the book, I cannot wait to hear. <clears throat> and and I don't I don't you don't have to give age, but you started doing this music thing when and why? I started right out of Vietnam, uh, right after I came back from Vietnam. And, well, I went to college for a few years, then started in the music industry. See, I didn't even know you was a soldier. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, and, and, and what makes this book so phenomenal, I think, you know, is that I, like I said, I come from East Texas. I come from a rural background, a segregated background. You know, I grew up in Atlanta, Texas. Went to school in Atlanta, I Texas. I never even heard of Atlanta, Texas. It's about 20 wow. miles from Texarkana. Uh, my grandfather and grandmother then raised me. And then, you know, after I got out of high school, I, I seeked adventure, went to the military, went to Vietnam. And, and in the book, you'll discover that while I was in Vietnam, because when I left high school, I didn't have no direction, nothing. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I've always been self-assured of myself and whatever I set out to do, I was going to be able to do it. But I just didn't know what I had and what I wanted to do in life. And while I was in Vietnam, uh, we're getting short, finna get back to the world. And everybody said, well, man, what you going to do when you get back to the world? You know, and the only thing I could really think of that really got my blood up was music. You know, that was the only thing that I felt passionate about. You were going to do music what? I was going to get in the music business. I didn't know how. I didn't even, matter of fact, I didn't even know there was a music business. Uh, okay, so out the blue, you decide, you know what? I'm going to, uh. That's, I swear to God, that's I'm what a, I said. I'm going to do music, y'all. Do you no, play I piano? Said, no, I said, I want to be in the music, music business. So, what did you do with music to make you feel like the music business? Not a, not a thing. <laughs> Didn't have a clue. I mean, couldn't play. So I couldn't where, play So, where's the idea coming from, man, for you to just. It was just that. 
It was just a, probably the cannabis that I was smoking at the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I wasn't being off. It was probably the cannabis, but I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. You know, I just knew instinct. And you know what, though? But how to what really made, <laughs> what made all of this possible is that I met a lady while I was in Vietnam. We started off our relationship as pen, pen pals. And I ended up marrying her. That was my wife. And oh, I didn't know. Yeah. We started our relationship. A partner of mine was in Vietnam from Mississippi, and she had been in the set-ins in Memphis during the uh, Martin Luther King time, and so she had been black blackballed from Memphis. So she had to go to Mississippi to teach. And uh, a friend of mine, a guy that I was in Vietnam with up in the up in the hills, told me he knew this lady. He he was really trying to bring me down a notch because <laughs> I was an arrogant. <laughs> Soldier, you know, and I was getting letters from by, probably about fifteen different girls. Did you say you so. was arrogant? Well, <laughs> well, things don't change. No, 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 no. My personality <laughs> has not changed. Not one. No, bit. not one bit. I, 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 I'm like, I'm like uh, 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 my boy Dion said. I'm not arrogant. I'm just sure of myself. Yes, you are. Yeah, I'm just sure of myself. Absolutely. And Absolutely. when I got back, I went to college. Went to Bishop in Dallas, mm-hmm. and. Uh, my wife, uh, we got married, okay? And after she got married, we, she got pregnant, so I had to drop out of school. When I dropped out of school, I moved to Memphis with her, and I lived with her mother. And strange as it may seem, she was the first person to get a, a job in the music industry. She started working for Stax Records as their tape librarian. You remember the big... Real, real, yeah, 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 yeah. 12-inch tapes. Yeah. So they had a safe that they used to keep all of their stuff in at a certain temperature. And she was hired as their librarian to keep track of all those tapes in the, in and out of the studios. And uh, I was in working for Zales Jeweler. I was managing <laughs> a jewelry store for okay. Zales Jeweler. And I got in the music business because, first of all, I started selling Artists from Stacks Custom Jewelry. I had a guy downtown uh, Memphis that made custom jewelry named Nelson Endicott. I remember him now. You could draw it. He'd make it. And I sold rings to all kind of guys over there. And finally talked Jim Smith, who was over the custom labels for Epic, I mean, for Stacks back then, mm-hmm. to give me a job. And they were trying to get into distribution. And they hired me in sales. That, my first job was driving around four states, selling 45s out the back of my car. For those watching, I don't even know how to explain to you what a 45 <laughs> is. Yeah. No, that young that, people, that's, that's, that's how we go on back. I don't, yeah. I don't even It's Okay, it's vinyl, but it's very small. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a 7-inch, mm-hmm. 45. That's what they wow. used to call them, a 7-inch, yes, 7 and 12-inch yes, uh, So wax. you never sold no records. No. I, and the people say, you know what? This guy can sell records. Yeah. I mean, I could, I was tell, if you could sell jewelry, which is not necessary for anybody's existence, you, you can, can sell, sell anything. Okay. 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 I like that. Yeah. Okay. So far, this story sounds great. Yeah, and I, Don't I, give everything that's in the book. Oh, no. No, but trust me. <laughs> There's some stuff that you probably oh, can't, I can't say here. I can't say on the— uh, yes, And sir. you know what? And the difficulty that is surprising that I had, because everybody kept asking me to do this. So uh, For how long? Long time. I procrastinated a long time. Why did they think that you had a book in you? Which I, I believe, too, because you've met so many yeah. big-time people. Michael Jackson, yeah. Shard, I love Shard, I still love it to this day. Yeah. 
So and there's so much you can say mm-hmm. if you want to just talk about people personally. True. You've decided in the book, though, you're talking about T.C. Talking about T.C. I, I you know what I uh that was really what everybody was concerned about. How much was I going to tell? You know, because you ain't one of those kind of guys I'm to not, be giving no secrets. No, I don't kiss his you tail. Don't, you, yeah, no. you ain't. So no. that's why when you say I'm writing a book about the industry, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't see how this book can be written. Yeah. Oh, there's some things in there that I can tell. Uh, <laughs> that, that is, Obviously, uh, there's a book. That I have got. Yeah. That I've, matter of fact, because I had to call a lot of people. Really? And, oh, yeah. And let them know. That I'm writing this book and I'm I'm telling about this incident. A lot of people didn't want certain incidents told, you know. So I had to disguise some of the stories in the book. Of, you know, just use general terms like artist, uh, promotion person, uh, uh, national. DJ. All all these years later, these people would still be embarrassed, hurt, angry about these stories. Oh yeah. They're yeah. that devastating I, you know, to their to whom they are well, or how they're perceived. Some people, you know, and things have got changed so much now than they were then. Yes, sir. Uh, people are so politically conscious of everything. Absolutely. And they don't want anything said. That That's why I thought the book was hard, going to be hard was, for you. It was tough. Because if anybody is close to you or talk to you, mm-hmm. uh, you, what's the word? You don't mince your words? No, I bring it out. Yeah, I bring so, out the truth. So I don't yeah. know how. To, I'm like again. I'm not sure how this person can write this book because well, they're very honest, truthful, <laughs> tell it like it is, human being. It was tough. Yes, sir. It was tough. I mean, that's why it was. It was supposed to have been out two, three months ago, but I kept having to re-edit. I kept having to go back and take people's names out, or change the story a little bit, or disguise it a little bit. So that took almost two months because. Uh, uh, I tell about certain things that CBS don't want to talk about. <laughs> okay. I'm absolutely sure there's yeah, some things I mean, that the record I, company I did you, that they I can can't talk straight, about. I can tell you straight up right now from for the readers, CBS was a racist company. No, I believe that. Oh, yeah. Racist as it could be. Uh, and, it, and it seems like, which they'll find out in the book, when I started working for them and Don Eason and Frank Chaplin, all of us were from outside of the Corporation, we come in from independent ABC stack, small labels, small black labels. Mm-hmm. So we weren't really corporate people. Yeah. You know, uh, but we were what they needed to get shit done because it wasn't, it just seems like they were asleep. You know what I mean? How you have a, a big force. Uh, a big what force. What they were of, doing was working for them. There was no reason. At, well, to, to that point, mm-hmm. to, to you guys came around for them to even. Yeah, I mean, consider. it was a corporation, and it, I've learned in corporations, corporations don't want any stars. Corporations <laughs> want employees. Okay, you know this. <laughs> you know this. Okay, I don't know what he's talking uh, yeah, about. Uh, right? Yeah, corporations <laughs> don't want any stars. You are not to be an individual if you work for a corporation. You're supposed to be part of the machinery. But if the machinery isn't working. So if it's racist, how were you able to work for them for you worked for them a for a time. minute? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know what the structure is. Well, I, you know what? I had the kind of attitude that I have just right now, you know, and I can't say what I used to say uh, uh, to everybody because, you know, I was never threatened by that. You know, I grew up in East Texas and racism was just, you know, I grew up in a segregated school. I wasn't. Surprised by it, uh, 
are, are scared of it or anything. It was just a condition mm-hmm. that I had to live in. Yes. You know, and I, that's the way I treated it. You know, uh, I, they used to, you know, they used to, they didn't know how to take me. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? Well, that's, people still had that with you yeah. to this day. That, <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah. me when something changes. Man. Yeah, something's well, changed. Changed. well, you know, I can tell you when I first got to CBS, uh, and was I think I left Capital. I had left Capital, and Capital only really had two or three blacks. They had Lark and all uh, that was a, over A and R. And I think I worked. Were for, you always sales or did no, that job? I okay. went to promotions. Uh, Stacks okay. moved me out of sales to promotions. Okay. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, my first project was Richard Pryor. That so and so's crazy. That was on you did Stacks. Promotion. Yeah. I don't remember that. Why do I think the label that was, was reprised? Fa- no, it was on, it was on a, it was on a, a custom label of Stacks first. They had Richard Pryor sign. I think it was Fantasy of some uh, some label. It might have been Fantasy. Yeah, I think it was Fantasy. But they was Richard sign- Pryor was signed to Stacks Records. Sure was. I met him in at Memphis. He stuck his head in my office and said, "What's up, fucker?" Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's how that's how we met. That's your introduction. That was my introduction to to, to that's Richard Pryor. Yeah, little bitty skinny looking funny looking guy. Yeah, <laughs> he was skinny as a rail, you know. Uh, and uh, I hadn't, you know, how I didn't promote that record. I'm sorry. Let, let, well, you I, know, it was a lot of uh, what they call underground things. Red, what they call red light albums. Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, red Fox. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Oh, retail man, love that stuff. Dolomite and yeah, all those kind yeah, of records. Yeah, that stuff sold. So did you promote it? Are you promoting it to people or are you promoting you're going it to, to record outlets, stores? To outlets and to stations. Yeah, because there would be bits of it that you could play where it wouldn't be any profanity. Right, you know right. what I mean? You do a teaser out of it and use it in a lead-in or something like that and then just talk about Richard Pryor's new album. How successful... Are you at promoting the Richard Pryor record before we move on? This, that's just I interesting. Wasn't, I wasn't that successful. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, I mean, you have to realize when I first got into radio promotions and Stax had no training for anybody. You know, they just give you. When I went to work for Stax in promotions, this is a story that's in the book. When I went to work for Stax, they took me out of sales and put me in promotions Took me over there uh, and cut me a check. I remember this. He cut me a check for eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. for expenses and got me an airline ticket to go to Washington D.C. to see Jerry Bolden. That was the first Jerry Bolden. The first radio wow. person I called on was Jerry Bolden at WOL in Washington D.C. This is a story, y'all. I know y'all probably don't know Jerry Bolden is very. <laughs> oh yeah, very famous radio yeah, person. Very, yeah. very. Yeah, we ended up being real close friends. But when I walked in, introduced myself, and told him who I was and everything, and told him I was working for Stacks, he told me to get the fuck out of the office. <laughs> he put me. He put me out. You tell them so and so's don't send nobody else. He had some kind of problem with Jimmy and Al, and he wasn't playing none of Stacks records. So I got kicked out of the station. That was my first, my wow. first experience with radio. I got kicked out of the station. Yeah. Ain't did nothing. Mm-mm. I didn't really pick up on what I was supposed to be doing until I went to work for Capital. How long was that? I didn't work for Stacks that long because they were in trouble. You know, and I suggest this in a book, and I do believe this, is that when Stacks wanted to get in the distribution business, CBS and the rest of the majors 
didn't want them in the business. They tried to buy in. Okay, they wanted to buy a portion. They offered Stacks $5 million to let them buy into the distribution. But Al Bell then was going to set up their own network. Oh, you can't do that. Of distributors. And and I, I could tell you what happened. And I think about two months after we were in operation, we started getting tractor trailers full of returns. None of the product was getting to the, the markets in time for mm. the airplay. All of a sudden, we start having. He said, pro- "All of a sudden, y'all, <laughs> yeah, y'all we, know what it, that this implication is." Yeah, all of we a sudden, we start having. I swear, we start having problems. We couldn't get the staple singles in the stores. We couldn't. I mean, this are amazing. I love artists. this conversation. This me talking to you is uh is it's historic because, and and maybe the average person that's watching this doesn't they don't understand. <laughs> what you what you've done and what you've seen and mm-hmm. the decades long oh, yeah. career oh, yeah. of people. So I'm hyper interested. So y'all have to excuse me. So I'm trying not to drag stuff along because I know most people <laughs> are just trying to get to whatever they think the good part is. And to me, it's all the good part yeah. because I love old school Absolutely. and hearing these stories. And I know mm-hmm. I, I, I'm gonna have to read the book to hear some stories. Obviously. Uh, because there's things that you can say about people that I would never ask on camera, mm-hmm. very intimate details, and you know it all, Yeah. Uh, which is a very interesting place to be. There's people that you probably love to death, and there were probably others yeah, that I you— stay in. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't even know if you can talk about that. Or oh, even, I, I, or, you, know, or I, you know what? And most of the artists that I worked with, and I'm sad to say, I did. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah Teddy yeah, Pendergrass yeah. and Luther, which I loved. I love both of Teddy. And, oh, that's right. That's epic. Yeah. Okay. Teddy, uh, and, yeah. Teddy Pendergrass yeah, yeah, and yeah. Luther. Uh, I, I loved touring with Teddy because he was a fool. You know, uh, Teddy Pendergrass was wild, as they call. You know, it's a story in the book about me and Teddy, which I, ah! which, which I, won't, which I won't tell. You know, I don't even know if I want to read that yeah, part. You know, I might ask you to ink my, my version out, yeah, so I don't have to read you know, that You story. would not believe what I mean, he was just crazy. He was just wild. He was just wild, and he loved having fun, loved the party, loved the party. Okay. Yeah, say no more, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Uh, you know, saying that, are you surprised that you were able, you, you went to Vietnam, mm-hmm. you, you came through a very stressful period in black history, if you will. Are you surprised that you have survived all of that, all of them, and you're still here to tell a story? It's a, it's a, it's a wonder to me, man. It's a real, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a wonder. One, I swear, I because swear. Because you went through a period where there were certain things that could be done, drugs, the oh, way yeah. that, that no, there was, was no... No repercussions. I say you. in the book that during the time, during my hottest period, during the time that it was the hottest, cocaine was like an hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> Okay, I'm telling you. I don't mean to laugh. I'm no, sorry. But, you know but it's I, the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody had drugs. Everybody had cocaine. Matter of fact, uh, that was the drug of choice, cocaine and quaaludes. Uh, and uh, when I, I, I mentioned in the book, which was, you know, me being a country boy. Now, I thought Chicago was the, the shit. You know, when I got to Chicago, I worked Chicago. I loved Chicago other than the weather. It was just a different city then. It wasn't all that violence and all this mm-hmm. stuff. It was tons of clubs for acts to play. Uh, I mean, I worked with some of my big heroes when I was in Chicago. Manny Rippleton, mm. uh, uh, Bill Withers, George Duke, Herbie Hancock, Tyrone wow. Davis, wow. Johnny Taylor, Johnny, Joe Tech. I mean, I, I just had a 
beautiful time when I worked in Chicago, man. Because, I mean, that's when I started feeling like, you know, I'm going to run this shit. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? so huge. Yeah, I'm going to run this. But you know what? When I first got to Chicago, I had to first master Chicago. Because Chicago was ugly. Then you had E. Rodney Jones. And it's a story in the book that's just going to mess you up. This is why things have happened during my life and certain periods in my life that just you, you can't explain it. I get to Chicago. My only obstacle is E. Rodney Jones. Uh, now, who's that for those? E. Rodney Jones was the program director, operations manager for WVON, which was the big state. So you had to realize back then we were going through the transition from AM radio mm-hmm. to FM radio. AM radio was all the black stations. Yes, sir. Okay. And uh, they had a brand new FM in Chicago. It was WBMX. That was Ernest James. And uh, WJPC was Richard Steele. Okay, so I got along with them two right away. <laughs> but you know Rodney. Rodney's favorite saying was he shaked the 45. He said, I don't hit nothing. This, <laughs> a, this ain't no hit. <laughs> he throw it in, wow. And he throw it in the trash. There's somebody watching this that don't understand what you just said. Yeah, so, yeah I don't hit nothing. <laughs> Yeah, that means there was no money <laughs> in the envelope. Okay, yeah. You don't have to be so explicit, but I guess the only way to oh, tell no, the story is to tell, tell the truth. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's you no money yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. But I happened to be the one of the stories of just a strange. I happened to be in Texarkana with my mother, uh, seeing her on vacation or something, and I'm telling her about my. She excited about my new job at CBS <clears throat> and me moving to Chicago and everything. And she said, "You know what, baby." I got a best friend of mine that has a son that's in radio up there in Chicago. And I said, who is it, Bobby? She said, well, I don't know if his name is the same, but her name is Jones. I said, no, it ain't no way that you're talking about E. Rodney Jones. She said, that's him, E. Rodney Jones. We're coming to find out my mother and his mother lived next door to each other for 20 years. She knew him. As a kid. Wow. So when I got back to Chicago, oh, oh yeah. I walked in the office. I said, Oh yeah, I got you. <laughs> I got you gonna play all of my records for now. <laughs> all of my records. And people couldn't understand what happened. But after that I never had a problem with Rodney. So did you say something to her? Or oh yeah, I told just, him that my mother, who my mother was, and who is my I know your mother, and my, your, mom, your mother's best friend is my mother. He said, I be damned. He said, oh, yeah, I've got it. He, he knew he had to take care of me. Ah, shut up. That's what happened. He knew he, he had to take mama. care of me. Yeah. I told him, I said, I want to call your mama now. Shut you know? up. Yeah. So Rodney took care of me. Shut up. You know? Yeah. Plus, I had a friend of mine that uh, was from Memphis that had just got signed to CBS that had a manager that was very well connected to people with alternative lifestyles. <laughs> so uh, he God. used to he used to ship me in sweaters. He had a friend of his that had a sweater factory. He used to ship me sweaters, Federal Express, with oh, with uh, with with packages in them. Okay, and that's what. Matter of fact, I say in the book that's when you could fly, do anything you wanted to do mm-hmm. with no checks. 
There was no checks. Nobody was checking over. But I remember when they used to smoke dope in the bathroom and on our planes. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it was the wild, wild west. You remember well, that? What a, what a transition, yeah, man. Yeah, man, you remember that? And then from that, from stopping smoking cigarettes, from doing stopping everything. everything. Yeah. I remember the first time that I saw a dog, a, a drug-sniffing dog, I was flying back from Jamaica, and I was dirty. You know, oh, and, I'm on, and I'm on the plane, I'm on the plane, and I look out the window, and I see the DEA down there with the with the German shepherds and, and going through all the luggage. I said, oh, shit. So I had to get up go to the bathroom. And let everything go. And let it go. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to let it go. Yeah. Okay, let me I have to ask this because mm-hmm. you were there, you worked this period and it was I don't know if there is a such thing as one of the most corrupt times in the music industry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in your opinion, was there a corrupt time in the music industry and were you ever offended by like you said somebody saying that I don't hear a hit in this I wasn't offended. No. Why not? Because it was a practice that I was aware of. And mm-hmm. see, I always had worked for a label, so I had never passed anything. Okay. They didn't allow you to do that if you worked for the label. They would hire independents to do that. Yes. Uh, so I had never given anybody any money. You know, I knew about it. And I knew that other, uh, other guys had to do that with Rodney to get their records played. I ain't never gave Rodney no money. Right. You know, never had to. None of that. You know. Uh, we were boys. I mean, I used to make Rodney come to all the CBS affairs because he used to piss the white folks off. I mean, <laughs> he used to come to the, to the affairs with two white girls. You know, I mean, he used to come there like this. They hated it because he controlled that market. Wow. Yeah. Like, there's so many questions I want to ask, and I'm scared because your answer. So I have to watch what I ask you. I'm not gonna say anything that's in the jeopardize. Anybody. Well, just even when you talk about, you know, I don't want to call it corruption because the music industry, every every industry has a bit of. Let me say this. Okay. Okay. If it's in America, it's corrupt. Wow. Okay. From the government all the way wow. down. Wow. Okay. I have, you know, I've, I've, I've been, uh, and I, I say this as humbly as I possibly can. Yes, sir. I've been at the White House. I'd have met Reagan. Uh, you know, I was doing that era, which I was hot. I've been to all the Black Caucus conferences with the Congress people. Used to have to go to Washington, D.C. once a year. Cause see, I, I was, I would say that back when they first formed those black divisions for record labels and all that, they had a black department and all that. That was all political. It really didn't have any function. Wow. Other than to say we have a black department. That's what that was about. Because it's after the 60s. But as soon as Reagan got in, they started dismissing all of that. They they disbanded the black division in CBS and, and assigned all the black employees to individual labels. That's how I started working for Epic, because when I first got to New York, well, Richard Mack and LeBaron Taylor were up there when I first got there. And everybody, all of, all the senior vice presidents in the sales division, because as, as quiet as that it kept back then when there was physical distribution, mm-hmm. the sales division ran the labels. Okay, because I know when I first got to CBS, the, the, the promotion department, the marketing department, they they reported to the vice president of uh, regional sales. Hmm. That's who hired me. So I figured out as soon as I got there, 
Richard Mack and LeBaron and them jobs were just figureheads. I didn't even get interviewed by them when I got the job. The white regional vice president interviewed me and hired me on the spot. He didn't even. So, okay, so how do you feel about Because obviously you, okay, you came up, man, you, you worked in a very interesting time in the music industry where there is, and th- th- that there's a, a division. I'm obviously still there. Let's mm-hmm. not fake ourselves out. But I think you've seen it in such a way that it was over apparent that there is a separation. They try to gray it now. Yeah, it's still yeah, there. Yeah. But what was the feeling of all the blacks that worked during that time? What and were they taken serious? Were you taken serious? No, no. I, that's what really pissed me off most about CBS. There was a condescending attitude about the black division. I saw that as soon as I got there. You know, uh, I just didn't feel like they had any respect for the people that were in charge. You know, I could tell the way they would talk about them. I mean, I can't repeat some of the shit they used to say because when they first hired me, the regional vice president that hired me had ideas for me to take their jobs right away. I mean, I could tell that he was, you know, he did not respect Richard Mack or LeBaron Taylor. He was a very powerful regional vice president because he had all the rag jobbers. You'll have to explain to your audience what a rag job Ooh, is. Man, we'll be here all day because you, you're dropping all these names and these people don't know how it's big about, some of these people book, are. Yeah, the definitions yeah. of these terms. Look up rag jobber. You'll, yeah. you'll learn a lot. It's all dealing with the record industry and records and things yeah. of that nature. But, but you got homework to do. It's all, this is a homework assignment. <laughs> Put it on the bottom of the screen, David. Rag jobber. R-A-C-K-J-A-B-B-E-R. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Homework assignment. And then you're going to have a test on it tomorrow. Yeah. But the, the, uh, <laughs> the regional vice presidents all had assignments to rag jobbers. Okay. And handlemans and all the major rag jobbers, they could sell a project of uh, platinum with one order. They had that kind of, they had Walmart, they had Target, they had Cape, all the department, re- big department stores were handled by rag jobbers. So if we had a big order come in from a rag job, that gave the regional vice presidents power and weight because Mm -hmm. they had the relationships with. And I don't think they had figured out exactly what promotions and marketing was. I think they thought that was just something where people were fucking off. You know what I mean? (laughs) I really do. I really do. Because when I first went in up there and went into promotion, they used to try to keep the sales and, and marketing people away from me. Away from the promotional staff, because they figured all the promotion people, they ain't doing nothing out there doing dope and, and you know, hanging with the DJs because they didn't respect black radio. Wow. Okay. And I mean, it, it, well, the question is, did they, did a time ever come where they started, in your opinion, to respect it? Did you ever, were you, oh, did I'm, you work in it long enough to see, oh, I think that there's respect there or, no, or I de- not? I demanded it. Okay. That's one of the reasons why I'm not there anymore. <laughs> you know, I demanded it. I, uh, you'll be surprised. You'll read in the book that uh, when they first signed the Jacksons, okay. Uh, see, and you were there during that period. I was during this period. Wow. See, what happened was— You were there during the Mo, from the Motown to mm-hmm. Epic Records signing of the Jacksons. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I was first signed at Jackson's. Uh, so they, you know Michael and oh, Tito I know Michael. and Randy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know Michael better than all of them. I really spent more really? time with Michael. Yeah. 
the the, the guys, uh, I only saw them on that victory tour. That was the only time I really worked with them. Why would you have spent so much time with Michael? Well, we, well oh, well, later on, yeah, he takes over. Yeah, and, uh, that's real. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dumb question. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't really, I met him for the first time when they had the Going Places album that, uh, Gamble and Huff did because it went gold and we did a little presentation with them. But I did not meet Michael and get to know Michael until the victory. Were they signed to Philadelphia International then? No, they just had Gamble and Huff produce the album. Mm -hmm. And then they had Destiny and Victory Mm -hmm. and all those other projects Mm -hmm. that. But Michael. You got to know your music on this episode, (laughs) y'all. For me, I'm tickled to death. Y'all got to roll me. I'm tickled to death right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. But they had those projects, and Michael really wanted to produce a project on his own. And uh, was the label into that? I was always curious. The label was scared. They were. Yeah, they were because they were nervous. A lot of people don't remember Michael already had solo records under Motown. Yeah, but they had never been. The only one that he ever had was Big was Ben. This is true. This is, this is true. Okay. That's oh, 70, I know the history now. Yeah, I, I know you yeah, did. Yeah. That's why this is fun. This is been, Ben is 72-ish, 3-ish. Yeah, he had never so, had a solo career that was successful without his brothers other than Ben. Okay. Yes, and, uh... I met with him and Freddie DeMann. Freddie DeMann was a Jewish guy that was managing Michael back then. Uh, they used to carry, uh, well, I don't want to get into that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Freddie DeMann was his dad. You know I want to know what he was carrying. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> so we had a big marketing meeting. First time I'd ever had one for, for Michael. Uh, and that's why I say in the book, it wasn't any emphasis put on the Jacksons until off the wall. Okay. After all, uh, I never had any pressure from anybody on any of the projects. They weren't excited about having the Jacksons on their well, label? Well, you got to realize. Okay, now I'm going to tell what's in the book. Okay, this is what they're going to find out in the book. Epic was really not a very strong black label. They have Philadelphia International, though. I said Epic. <laughs> you right. I'm sorry. You told me. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yes, sir. We had custom labels. Like Phil International and Taboo and all those that were right. supplying the black material. Yes. Epic didn't really start being a black label until Lark and Arnold came over, took over the A&R for the black division. He signed Luther Vandross, Tina Marie, the Jacksons, and Michael. Now, see, what it, what it happened was he made a deal with CBS, them thinking that he was going to be signing black acts that would only probably sell maybe a million or two at the max, that they gave him points. Oh, my goodness. Really? How did he how was a black man able to negotiate that? It wasn't anything, you know, there wasn't anything that, of, of that type. It hadn't, it hadn't happened yeah, before. It wasn't, I mean, the so biggest, they, they probably were the laughing. biggest black album probably was Earth, Wind and Fire probably sold two, three million, you know. That was the biggest black uh, project. Wow. Uh, so they weren't. But in, that's straight Columbia, Earth, Wind, oh, and Fire. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Columbia, he goes, so Columbia was the parent of all of it. Of all of it. That was Epic the parent label. Yeah. Y'all got to follow. This is a homework. Uh, this is a homework <laughs> episode. It's great. If you yeah. know old school and you know music, though, you're loving everything that's happening mm-hmm. right now. Okay. So he comes in. He negotiates a deal to get points off of every record. He signs. They hated that deal after they they wanted to get rid of it. So what was the first record that he signed that would have been very profitable for him? He signed the Jacksons. 
But the Jacksons didn't really they, all that shit went enjoy gold. yourself. All that stuff was gold. I mean, they don't. But sell I don't think. They, but they weren't worried about that. No. Nah. The point that comes when these records start going platinum mm-hmm. and off the wall, it started being a problem. Mm. Okay. Well, that was some, well, they, no, that was and too, they tried to renegotiate his contract. That's they, not they, in the book because I can't legally say that because I wasn't there. But I know. You know, when you get a record that sells 20 million copies, okay, <laughs> you, you know, Thriller sold a million copies a month for 15 consecutive months before it slowed down. And he was getting points off of that. He was getting points. Yeah, don't that, yeah. Yeah, man, I'll take points on that right now. It's still, so he, and it's still selling. And he and and these this is long I don't know term. If he's there's, still, there's a cap on it. I don't know if you he's still know. getting points, Oof. but I know that uh, Jody Williams was a good friend of mine. You know Jody, don't you? I don't know with Radio I... One. But anyway, Jody Williams uh, was telling me that she had been out to Larkin's house, and she and he came, when he she came in, he said, "This is a house that Michael Jackson built." <laughs> okay, so so there you go. Okay, and you know it's a twenty or thirty million dollar home. Ooh. I'm sure. Lordy, Lordy, yeah. Lordy. But that was the point. But see, what a negotiation. I, I wonder, I would love to ask him what made him ask for that. And it's never oh, yeah, traditionally well, been know, done before. Because he had done it with Capital. See, Capital, Larkin's Arnold story is a story within itself because Capital really had hired Larkin in the legal department. Say his name again Larkin Arnold. Larkin Arnold. Uh-huh. Black man. Yeah. Larkin Arnold was he was signing he was in the law department of black in Capitol Records. So when Capitol Records started this black music division, there wasn't nobody else black there. So they gave him the realm wow. of being the head of the black division. And he got two hit records at Capitol. He he signed Natalie Cole and Mays. And wow. I and I broke Mays right here in Houston. I broke Mays in New Orleans. Wow. First record. The first station to play New uh Mays was WBOK in New Orleans. Wow. So, uh, but he got, he had a sweetheart deal. Had a sweetheart deal. So, I mean, everybody was telling me, said, well, you know, Larkin did this, Larkin did that. I said, no, Larkin did, got paid for it. I said, but I'm the, I'm the MF that got him paid, made that record's hits. Because well, I don't care if you, excuse me for this, but I don't care if you had signed Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. If you don't get it on the radio back then, how do you know? <laughs> It'd be a great hit in the living room. You're right. Yeah. Especially back then. Yeah. Especially back then. Radio was was everything. That was it. That's why the book is called Radio is King. You couldn't, if you didn't get radio, you you dead. Wow. There was no Facebook, no streaming, no No Instagram, no digital. None of that. You lived and died. That's but right. what about like the Soul Trains and stuff? That that had some impact as well, huh? Those TV shows like the Soul, Soul Trains. Train. Yeah, oh yeah, they sold records. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the, the thing that really kicked Michael's record into another gear was that Motown Twenty Fifth. Oh I, yeah, I think we, yeah. we, I, I don't think no one could deny yeah. that. But He's, nobody seen that coming either. He even stole as a child. it. Yeah, yeah. Now he stole it and did it just. It just went. I mean, I I couldn't believe. But it. But you still don't know that his album's going to do. As no, well no, as no, it did. Like when you could. first when you first heard it, I knew it was a monster, but nobody could predict that man. Did you think it was a better record than Off the Wall? Not really. Ah, I want to see what you're gonna say. Really. This, this, that's Wild a big Templeton, black. Wild Templeton wrote most of Off the Wall. You know who he is? Yeah, a white guy, Heatwave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hell of a writer. Yeah, he wrote Thriller. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. When you listen to those songs, it you, sounds like pattern, he, it sounds like Heatwave records. Yeah. When you start listening, you're like. 
if my if old buddy from Heatwave would have sang that song, it wouldn't have been as big as Michael's. But that's Heatwave. But it still would have been that's a, Heatwave. Yeah, they sound. all sound like Heatwave yeah, records heat too. Sound. Yeah, let people, heat wave sound. let people know who Heatwave feels yeah. like. Wow. <laughs> so you laid Listen, out all this stuff out. You got to do your research on this show. Heatwave was a huge. Okay, Heatwave's biggest record was Boogie Nights. Always and forever. Always forever. Yeah, they still those play are that. classics to this day. Yeah. Always forever is always going to be a classic. Yeah. So you may not even know, remember Boogie Nights because some might consider it a yeah. disco song. Yeah, that's right. But Always and Forever has been redone. <laughs> did Luther redo Always and Forever? Yeah, yeah so I think did. so. Yeah. yeah. Rod Temperton was an incredible. Oh, yeah. Nice guy, too, man. Yeah, Real nice guy. Nice person. I met him uh, two or three times with Quincy. Oh, you know what? Heat Wave was one of y'all groups. Yeah. Heat Wave I'm was, tripping. Yeah, Heat Wave was. That's how I first met him. He was a keyboardist for Heat Wave. Wait, okay, I thought... Okay, you said that they start. Okay, that's not. Is it? Is that epic? I'm trying to. Remember. That was epic. Heatwave was epic. Look, y'all. Some of this stuff. I was a young kid, but I was crazy about music, so I remember some of these yeah. details that I probably should not be remembering. Uh, but loved music just that much, so that's why this is so exciting yeah. because. A lot of time, and this is how history gets lost. I mean, you might see the thirty-minute version of something on some TV one show or something like that, but we miss a lot <laughs> of, stories. The, of this history <laughs> yeah. about some of these groups and some of these mm-hmm. people. That who was one of the groups? And don't say Charday because I know you're partial to Charday as my, I am. Love my baby. Name, <laughs> name me another group that just really got you excited I used and to you love working with them. Mother's finest. Mother's finest. I forgot they were on Epic. Okay, I love. Okay. I love Joyce. Uh, she was a hell of a vocalist. Mother's finest biggest song is done. Love, Thank you, love, happy. love changes. Just love changes. Come on, been baby. done a lot of times. Come on, baby. But they were really to me a rock group, <laughs> which were, was the most they, confusing. That's what they wanted to be. It was the most confusing band. Yeah, Davis over here, like I don't know what the f y'all talking yeah. about. No, they were they were dressed up like they were dressed up like they were rock right, and yeah, roll. They and the yeah. albums were hard. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. How, now how do okay? I gotta ask this. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. y'all. Now we just how do you market a group? Two people who look like me and you, mm-hmm. but they're a rock group, and people that look like me and you, especially at that time, unless it's Jimi Hendrix, in which but, they probably didn't want to hear I, him. I, even. I never got any traction on anything they did except for Love Changes. That was the only track that we could do anything with with black radio. Huge you know, but the artist that I loved that I did really get a chance to work with was Minnie Rippleton. I met her. Uh, two times when she appeared in Chicago, but then she got sick, you know. Yeah. But I loved Manny. She was a sweetheart. And another person I loved that I didn't get a chance to work with was Phyllis Hyman. Met her in college. Let me tell you. Gorgeous. <sighs> yes, yes. Stop the clock, gorgeous. Even, and we were young kids <laughs> then. You wouldn't have believed at that particular time how many young kids, because she wasn't making music that we were listening. Uh-huh. We were hardcore hip-hop no, at that no, time. She was a, they said she was time it was coming to the little college station. Uh-huh. It was like 40 of us in there <laughs> clamoring all of because she was tall. Yeah. Uh, Phyllis stout, was about, stout. She's about, she about six feet tall. At least. Mm-hmm. And you taught man and the guy that interviewed uh, R.I.P. Uh, A.B. They talked to each. It was one of the most intimate. 
Yeah. She, they conversation was, almost seemed like sex. I don't know if they knew. She, yeah. They were this close she talking to each other. She was that kind of other. woman, though. She used to flirt with me all the time. She <laughs> was just she was just fun. I don't, you know so, what I mean? What do you think? I I, I, I don't know, man. Okay. I, I, I say you know that in I'm the going. book. I, I say that okay, in the book. Say no more. Because I, no I, I saw her, I think, about two to three nights before she killed herself. Uh, me and Paris was at a party in a hotel in New York, and I ran into her. You know, I used to run into her all the time. I first ran into her in Milwaukee. She was doing a show. And then I used to run into her in New York all the time. And we used to flirt and play with each other and go on, you know. Uh, but she was just a gorgeous person. You never know what's going on in somebody's world, man. that's why I was saying, man, man. I, how could you done I mean, as gorgeous and as talented as she was, how could she kill herself? And so, and I think that song, Living All Alone, mm-hmm. I, I hate, I hate that I believe that that is what was going on inside yeah, that human being. It is my favorite. Yeah. I, I, between me and you, I, I, I sampled it on one oh, of my little I, records. I, I, can't, no, I, listen, I got feelings on my, I got oh feelings on my playlist now. Wow. Uh, but, uh, she just seemed like she couldn't find a man. You know, she had just got divorced before she killed herself. Yeah, but when you strong like that, and I, I always feel bad for I women didn't like feel that. like she needed one, though, really. Well, everybody wants I know everybody needs a companionship. Right? You're right. But, and I understand it because she was so strong, and she's tall, mm-hmm. and she's and she was outspoken, yeah, and the, all these demanded. things. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and most, I know. some guys, yeah, they, they can't they handle just, that. Yeah, no, they, they just, can't they're not built oh, that way, sir. I love it. Yeah, because you like a challenge. Oh, you, yeah. you a shit talker. Y'all excuse me, but that's what this... He come from that area where, yeah, and, and, and it, it could be thick. Yeah. You walked in here like yeah. that. Uh-huh. That's yeah. just what it is. I loved it. She was just, because uh, when I first met her, I didn't know her from Adam. She started messing with me right away. You know, because we were just, I was tall enough for her to mess with. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> she was, true, true, yeah, true, true. Most true, men true. were too short yeah, for Yeah, true, 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 true. All right, I'm not going to ask you who you did not like. I will say I who care. seemed, who was kind of difficult to work with. Hmm. Difficult. Well, Sade in the beginning. Really? Yeah. She didn't have any faith in uh, Epic, period. Well, I... Yeah. Now, <laughs> I, I, and let me... They'll they read this in the story because when that fir- the album first came out, Diamond Life, uh, she was big in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody was playing her in... The, nobody had ever heard of her in the States. So since she was so big in Europe, Epic... Domestic was under a lot of pressure to not fumble this ball. Mm. You know, I think it was like three million or four million in Europe before we released it over here. Really? And uh, so they passed the cassette around and uh, everybody listened cassette. to it. Cassette. <laughs> These kids like, what is a cassette? Yeah. <laughs> okay, word, David, word on the bottom, cassette. Yeah. That's another homework assignment. We'll have a test tomorrow. Yeah. yeah they passed the cassette around, and this story is in the book. And uh, no, you can't tell the story, but you got to get the book. Yeah. Okay. You got to. You got to get the. But book. nobody could to, to sum it all up. Nobody could hear it. And that, that sounds. It didn't. No. That but, sounds strange to people now. Now. Yeah. Now. Uh-huh. But that record. At that time, hip hop is starting to bubble. Yeah, yeah. Everything Disco is was starting to die. Yep, yep. Everything is, uh, you know, is getting, it's starting to turn like computerized. There you right. go. Yeah. So here comes this record. Old school. <laughs> yeah. Horns yeah. Uh-huh. in it. I'm telling you, man. Some of the guy, some of the stuff that people used to say about her, 
uh, oh man, she can't sing. Uh, she's off key. Uh, she's so. I mean, how you gonna get that? I mean, I, I, okay. Uh-huh. Listen, I I adore Charday. When I I never thought she was the greatest singer, but I never thought she anybody was, could sing her song. No, you can't. You understand no, what I'm saying? Right. And, and loved her. I don't even know why. Presence. Her presence. I took that look when she the song "Your Love Is King." I took it personal. Oh, everybody do. I was a child. She talking. <laughs> she talking. She talks I, to, to this day. You can't. I don't care what your relationship was with. But I'm telling you right now, love is king is yours, huh? I thought that she was talking to me again. I'm, I'm in eighth grade, bro. Yeah. So listen, I'm thinking this woman is talking to me. She understands what I'm going through. We are here, and I know this is a grown woman. Mm-hmm. I loved Charday. I, you know, I, I, don't I can't know. really explain her career and the music that she did and make it make sense. Mm-hmm. If you come, if you compare it to Whitney or oh, Patty no, no, or something like that, else. you know, you understand what I I'm saying? I got some good stories on Patty. Oh too. God, I bet you can tell. Oh me. yeah, I got some good stories. <laughs> oh, you, on Patty. yeah, you mark, you did mark. I did. You if, know what? If I, only you knew her only number one record out of her whole entire career. Oh wow! You're, yeah, okay. I'm going through my mental. Oh yeah, no. Mental. Only number one record as a solo That's artist. That's a great song. Okay, and my wife picked that song. Really? Yeah, my wife picked that song. I can tell you this because they were Patty had signed to MCA. She had left Epic. She had gone New Attitude. That was her first record on MCA. I got a new attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she she did not like. CBS and Epic. They didn't like her. I don't know why. I love Patty. <laughs> you know? I, uh, I, and I used to, as a matter of fact, that's only one of the few people I would go to all of her concerts. I'd go to Patty. I'd go to Luther. I'd go to Charday. You know? Man, I hate you. You seen and worked close to, like, I'd go to Michael's, but that was it. I didn't go to everybody else's shows. Mm. You know? Uh, and, uh, but, uh, uh, the, uh, what was happening was when, um, when Patty' contract was up, she owed Epic an album, okay? And um, so they brought, Gamble and Huff brought the album up to, to Tony Martell, which was the vice president of Associated Labels, and they were not interested in releasing it. What? Oh, no. Patty hadn't had a hit at CBS. She had a bunch of mediocre. Y'all don't even know why these stories are great. Go. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't have, she had a bunch of mediocre records over there. I always right. thought that they just didn't put the emphasis behind her. Mm. She was just not a well, like she was a diva. Okay. And it, it takes you, and she's still a diva, but you can, you have to have a certain kind of understanding to deal with divas. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's like you yeah. got one of those attitudes where I think you can deal. Oh, I love with it. I didn't have deal. no problem with. I, matter of fact, I didn't have no problem with Charday, and everybody didn't. Nobody liked Charday. What? Because she was deep. She knew what she wanted. When you find an artist that knows what they want and will not take anything, and else, she demanded it. She demanded how was she in, in a position to demand that? She would not. She was a she was a multi platinum act in our in Europe. She was making big money in Europe. Matter of fact, uh, I went over there, uh, and she had not. She was not known in America, but she was really concerned about her American release. And what had happened was, they sent several 
VPs over to talk to her, and she turned everybody down, told them no, she did not like their marketing plans. She was not going to do that. She was very concerned about being labeled as a black artist, mm. being stuck in that art. Her favorite line I used to love is, I will not be another Chaka Khan. That's, exa- that's what she used to tell me all the time. Wow. I will not be another Chaka Khan. That's hurtful. Yeah. Well, Chaka Khan was, she thought was a great stylist, and she is. Chaka Khan and her have a lot in common because Chaka doesn't have a great vocal. But what? Chaka, now Chaka, she... now Chaka, not a Whitney Houston, uh, none of that kind of stuff. Now Chaka is a stylist. I reserve man. the right to come back and have this conversation. Oh, yeah, at a no, later I mean, date. but you know, but you know this how Chaka, Takes a when I think when I think the patties and the divas of R and B, Chaka name is Oh Chaka is a monster. Now. Okay, all right. Chaka, I mean I love Chaka. Okay. I worked on her and Rufus, which I think was her is best that period. Abby too? That was ABC. Yes. I was at ABC. Okay, ABC. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. She had, she was with I was with her with uh uh Sweet Love. Mm. The monster. Whoa, whoa, sweet. I will yeah. not be labeled as a Chaka. It uh-huh. sounds a little bit Disrespectful, I, I, but, but she, I guess she's saying she's such a good singer. She's she, she should have been. She, been, she, she, like she should have been, been bigger. She could, yeah, yeah. She should have been bigger. She felt like Shaka could have been bigger if they hadn't put her in this category. So how were they able to then market Sharday then? So little old me. So they didn't market her to black radio. Is what no, you're telling no. me? I, we had. I told. I explained to her in America, you're black. You're going to have to go to black radio first. I don't care. They don't play her right now on black radio in Europe. She's what? played on pop. Okay. Yes. Uh, you swallow that. Yeah. They do not play her on black radio. I just spoke to a station in the UK, which I'm doing an interview with next week sometime. Because, you know, I got Sade, so everybody in Europe want to talk to me. But they don't <laughs> play her in Europe. On black radio. Uh, wow. and she's a pop artist over there. You know, and I hate that. I hate that transition. You know, I hated that with Michael. I hated that. I wanted to know, and I, I raised this with Epic. It's probably like I say why I'm independent. I raised this. How can an artist that was signed by the black division that is black? That was a black artist up until he started selling three to four million. Now, how, <laughs> how, how did he change from a black artist? Because if we can get three million of them, yeah. we most certainly can get another three million of them up. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how. Yeah, that's what they said. It's not a black artist anymore. I said, I'd be damned. Did they ever verbally say stuff like oh, that? Oh, yeah. I'm demanding that they said, man, let me tell you something. At, at the, you'll see in the book, at the thriller, because see, by the time, by 79 or 80, I had grown full testicles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying here? Man, I hope somebody's enjoying this episode like I'm enjoying yeah, I, had gro- I had grown. I knew full grown ca- I knew my capacity. <laughs> I knew what I could do. Mm-hmm. You know. I had no doubt in my ability or my staff ability because I had fired everybody that was full of shit. I had hand picked staff. The guys were killers. Okay. So I knew what we could do. You know, and I wasn't worried about it. Matter of fact, I say in the book, I have never, during my time at Epic, I never even considered who had what out. 
I didn't even look at the charts. I didn't care if Prince or Whitney Houston or anybody else had a record out. My shit was going to get played. He's so arrogant. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, that's the truth. How do you know but, that? But if you got Michael Jackson, well, you don't know that you get uh-uh, ready to have uh-uh. that Michael Jackson. No. See, that's the Michael Jackson we all know well, now. At th- that time, you don't know then. You just off the wall, Michael. He's an urban artist then. Yes. Mm-hmm. With a with a twinge of pop, what yep. I think was it rock with you that went a little pop. Mm, well, after a while, was it, he, he, the first record they released after a while, Michael produced and wrote and everything, uh, and uh, they were concerned. They were really concerned. But me, with my arrogance behind, I stood <laughs> I stood up at the meeting and say, "I'm gonna make this record number one in four weeks," and they laughed at me. Really? Oh yeah, sure, TC. You know, you know, it's like a the kid. off the wall album or the off the, the wall. Really? Yeah. You know, it's like a kid saying, I won't do this. And they said, sure, kid. You know, you know, they, they thought because I had only been in New York a year. Mm-hmm. I got there in 78, 79 is when DeLeo came and they started dropping uh, Michael stuff and off the wall album. And when I had the meeting with them, I didn't particularly like that first single. I thought it what was, was the first single. I don't remember for I, sure. Uh, I know one of them was it's, Michael and Paul McCartney, which I hated. That was on Thriller. No, that's Thriller. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the girl is yeah, mine. girl is mine. And is there was mine. another one. I love that song. Come on, yeah. man. Oh, I it hate ain't it. no, ain't no Billy Jean, of course. Now, I hated it because they felt like they had to put Paul McCartney on there to make him cross. Was that their purpose? Yeah, of course. Wasn't that it was just why a good other, song? Why other would they do it? it is, he, just, is it any other duets on the album? No. <sighs> I mean, I can't question you on this. No, I, mean, so I can't it was question you. Really. I'm just thinking about it from, you know, my oh, perspective. A, this then. was a this was a known pop heavyweight, Paul McCarthy. You yeah, but he, but he's not out of his generation at this point. You know, Paul no. McCartney is what two generations before Michael Jackson. Yeah, Michael Jackson's than, a teenager yeah, he's doing this song with Paul. But they did that to ensure that he that it would be accepted by pop radio. Did it work? I, yeah, it worked. Okay. But I was insulted. I really was. And I brought it up in a meeting. I think it was insulting to put him on there as a crutch. Mm. I thought Michael was strong enough to not need it. And he was. You know, I, I had gotten to the point that I had started building a relationship with Michael and starting to talk to him. It, I'm which, trying to remember when this record was released, The Girl Is Mine, as opposed to it was Billie Jean. Billie Jean was in eighty. In the eighties, let me see. I got the timeline on my book. Because uh, the girl is mine is during that time. The girl is Isn't, mine. Uh, it, the girl is, is mine is the first. Uh, wait a minute. Here it is, right here. Let me get to off the wall. Let me see right here. Yes, yeah, this is my it's, timeline. It's after off the wall. Yeah, because it's on the. Uh, I, that's I, on the thriller, thriller album. album. Yeah, but I don't remember if it was the first single. I, I don't uh, think nah. it was the first single because nah. I'm trying to remember when he it went. It was and the did, first single on off on uh, thriller. But was, it was it? Yeah. It was the first thing on Thriller. The first single on Off the Wall was another, I cannot think of it, but it was produced and, and written by Michael Jackson. Oh, I don't I cannot remember the name of it, but it was a big record. Let me see. Here we go here. Isley uh, Brothers, M2, uh, Teddy Pimmy, Pimmy, Riley, What song's on there? Not the little disco song. It wasn't uh, Don't Stop yeah. Till You Get Enough, was it? No, it's not. Yeah, it's not Don't Stop Till Listen to him run through all the people that he worked with. This uh, name dropping over okay, there. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Thriller was in 82. Yes. Okay. 
Uh, off the Wall was in 79, 79 when I first got to New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go do some research on. Yeah. I, I don't remember that I being had, the yeah. first. I, I, well, it was a Michael. Oh it was goodness. a Michael solo. That's, it was a Michael solo. The girl the is mine. Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing before Billy Jean. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the, the twenty five, they didn't drop the album until Billy Jean. That's when they dropped the album on Billy Jean. Billy Jean was a. The so you say single. The, the, uh, I don't. Even, they don't even think they did an album. Uh, a video on the girl is man. I don't remember one. I don't remember producing one. I know we did a, a one on Billie Jean and uh, everything else that was on that album had a video, but I don't remember no video hmm. okay. on, on uh, the girl is man. Okay. Okay. How was it working with Michael? Love Michael him. was a dream. He was, you know, I, I say that because Michael was the most un uh, stuck up artist that I worked with. On, uh, you know, he didn't have any kind of false. Bravado's about itself. He was always unsure about his performances. He sweated them. Always really? unsure. Oh, yeah. Always unsure about his production. He would always be a delay in his production because he would always want to go back and change something. Uh, but he, he would. It's he, always those people at the, the very top that have all these doubts. Yeah. Yeah. And you would imagine that they would be I would so think, oh, confident. Yeah, he's a man. You know right. what I mean? How can you be a doubt about anything? That didn't know, that a little bit throw you off when you see this kind of self-doubt with somebody who doesn't even understand the magnitude of their... Well, you, you, well, you know what? I tell you somebody, a person that I saw that didn't have any self-doubt was Chardet. She knew she was the shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, now, is that in the ego way or as an artist, I'm sure in what I'm doing I'm here. sure of what I'm doing. I'm sure. She wrote, co-wrote and produced all, all that, that stuff. All that stuff, yeah. 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 So her and Matthew, which was a saxophone player, which was my man back in the day, uh, they were the creative element in the band in the beginning. Uh, I, matter of fact, I think they're back together working on a new project now. Because I had to talk to her before I did the book because there's some things— she did not want me to put in there. Wow. I spent a lot of time with her because nobody else worked, wanted to work with her. Really? I just have yeah. a hard time believing that they would find, and obviously, I don't yeah. know this yeah. woman. So now, I, when I see her, I see this peaceful, loving, oh, she's, beautiful. She's a beautiful person. She almost floats for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's the way I see her. She Barefoot is so sultrous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's all. Oh, yeah. So the image that she created is impeccable. She is. And the other thing is, and maybe you can answer this, she would never, ever do any songs where she is singing with somebody else, doing a I, hook. Not good, I know of. And no. I even heard Jay-Z is asked, Drake has asked, do you know why she she refuses? She wants, first of all, she, she really respects her privacy. You can count the number of interviews she's ever done. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why she didn't want me to write a lot of stuff in the book about her, you know, because I tell her, I said, damn, I said, you said it, we did it. So, no, but TC, I'm about <laughs> to come out with a new project, and I hadn't had a project out in 12 years. I don't need any controversy. So I said, okay, no problem. Okay. But I got a story on her would have sold the book by itself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if I had not wrote about anybody else, yeah, I would have just wrote about her. want to hear something about Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> Because she's she's mystified she's, and, and she's and not she, looked at as mm-hmm. a human being. Yeah. 
They she's like a she's like a the queen in England. I was talking to London Radio about two weeks ago, and I was telling one of the DJs the story that I was going to put in the book, and she begged me not to put it in there. Wow! She said the they, they love her over here. You can't do that. Wow! I said, well, it I believe it. Yeah. I probably would have said the same thing because. Don't mess up the person. Yeah, that, they I, said don't mess up the image. I don't care who image. she with, man. Don't mess up I'm the image. I'm telling you, I don't care mm-hmm. who she with. Mm-hmm. She is still mine. She represents <laughs> something. I understand, I understand. You know? Uh, but I, uh, you know, and I, I told, I called her. That was nice. And uh, You did the right I, I thing. Do, I mean, I love her. I couldn't, you know, I mean... My, I like the way you casually said that you just picked up the phone and called Charlotte. Yeah, I, but you know, in, I, in, I, in my community, that's called capping. <laughs> just in case you weren't aware, because I know you like to stay in your own zone now. But if, said, you, if you weren't aware, yeah. what you just did is <laughs> capping. Is that just, what that is? just a tad bit. Okay. I picked up the phone and called Charlotte. Like I'm getting ready to pick up my phone and call. Okay. Her. But that's I, cool. That's I, cool. You can't. Have, that's just your life you live. You I, can't I, help that. I don't call her all the time. I don't mess with her. You know. That's one piece. Of, one thing that people respect about me. If I don't have something really to say, you know that about me too. I don't call. I don't mess with people. No, you don't. You call with purpose. Yeah. Uh, you call to check on folks. You will do that every once in a while. But other that's than it. that, you you live your life and you mm-hmm. always done it. TC man, I, really, I, I got a million questions, and I, I know I can't. So I got, I got, I, 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 I got, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I can, I can say okay. that. Okay, all right. We know you love Michael. I'm not going to ask anything too deep about Michael. I know you got some I, great. I've Michael been around, I've been around him with, with, with women. I've been around Michael with women. I've seen him with women. I've seen him. In compromising positions with women. <laughs> Man, so, just so, stop. It's yeah, Michael. So, don't, no, don't say no. So if, if they say Michael don't and, like girls, it, I'm either blind or I'm having a hallucination or something. I got okay, you. Yeah. Now, another one of the greats, and this might be my last one about artists, and then I'm going to zone in on this book so you can do your thing and so you can get back to your it's life. It's all in the book. Luther Vandross. What was it like to Man. work with Luther? Woo. Because Luther... Before we knew Luther, and, I, and let me ask you this: I always thought it was pretty gangster, and I haven't till these days never heard of a, 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 a artist going back buying the masters to their material and not allowing it to ever be released. Like if you can find Luther's group called Luther, yeah, a if you change. can find. If you can now, what change you can find because it's uh, the guy from Italy who put yeah. the little groups together. and He sings yeah. the vocals, but that one group that I Luther, the, the girl, not girls, it was it was a mixed group of and men and women, but it was know, called Luther. I remember, but it was on he went Atlantic. Back. It was a cotillion. It was on Atlantic. It was late. Okay, yeah. So uh-huh. if you can find those records, it's they, they might be worth money. But I just always thought it was gangster that he went. Bought the masters and never put those records out. It was on Atlantic. He did not like Atlantic. They they was really, that what it was? Yeah, they they screwed over him. Okay, yeah. and but they, I think they, people would have loved and, to have had they, that they record dropped, if he released they dropped it. Him. Did he they? was signed to Atlantic when we got him. They dropped him. Believe that. So I wonder how soon before his record started to blow up at Epic with y'all mm-hmm. did he buy his masters back from them? It had to be quick because mm-hmm. I it took I didn't know for years that it was even out there. Huh? Yeah. Thank you, that Luther the group. Yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. Like I never had heard about it. it. Was, I never I heard nobody heard talk it for, about uh, it for a minute. You know what I mean? And it just disappeared like it wasn't. What a secret! Yeah, it wasn't and now. and then I found out. Oh, he bought the masters and, and refused. 
to yeah. release the song. I'm trying I'm like, to think of who. I think it was a guy that was over Atlantic, and I don't put this in the book, but this is true. Uh, they dropped him because he was gay. Well, you wouldn't supposed to substantiate that. That's all right. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with Luther being gay. No one ever has substantiated that. So they... I can. <laughs> Shut up. No. <laughs> you will not. And you will not do okay, it I'm going to do it on no, no, no. I mean, no. I love Luther. And let me tell you something We might go Luther. back and just edit this part out. God yeah, I, might, I know Luther. <laughs> Luther. Gee uh, whiz. Matter of fact, after I left. I've never heard no one substantiate that. That's no. the way it's supposed to stay. No, I can't. Bad, I can't. I can't. Then you might not understand. But in our country, I in can't. the black community, Luther oh. is sacred. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you something. I said that. We don't at, care what his lifestyle was. Look, I said that statement <laughs> at a club in, in St. Louis one they night. They probably tried to kill They you. tried to jump they me. They should have. You can't say that. You I'm know telling that, you. But I know you don't care. You're going to nah, say nah, what nah, your nah, truth Luther, is. Look, I, Luther, I love Luther. He was a dream to work with. Work his butt off. And I, I could it. get Luther up at 4 in the morning. He said, did. Luther, I got to have you over here, so-and-so. Luther did not play. He wanted it. And, I mean, mm. that's something that is missing in tons of mm. artists, man. As Be as talented as that man was. And still chase it like he did. Okay, truth. Don't lie to me now. Mm-hmm. When you do finally get him over on uh, Epic or CBS or whatever mm-hmm. one, do you think he's going to be what he became? <laughs> I knew it right away. Come on, TC. You say that about every artist. Never I knew much, Mike was going to be this. I knew Sade was going to be this. Somebody you just didn't know that they were going to be what they became. Oh, God. Okay, you got the ears. Okay. Okay, come on. How do you know this? You ask the questions you already know the this, answers to. This guy. You know, I'm telling you, look, I knew when I heard I bet you was in one of those rooms like, I don't understand it. The guy's overweight. This, no, I, no. He's, he's a balladeer. This, these things are not going to work. Man, when I heard never because too much. Teddy balladeer, Luther mm-hmm. balladeer. Total exact opposite. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, how do you know? I knew when I heard resonate. Luther. When I heard Never Too Much, I knew it was a hit record. I mean, I I had a problem convincing Epic that it was a hit. Really? Record. Oh yeah. So why did they sign him? They didn't sign him. Larkin signed him. Oh, another Larkin signed. <laughs> Oh my, I love this guy. I got to see if there's information about him. I've seen his oh, name yeah. on records growing oh, yeah. up, but Larkin. I don't know his story. Larkin has got a wow. hell of a story. So he and got, oh, that's right. You did say he got the points on Luther yeah, Town. Oh, got my points God. On, oh, yeah, Luther, this guy. Tina Marie, Charlotte, not Charlotte, uh, uh and Michael and the Jacksons. Why wow. just take one of them? That Diamond Life album sold 20 million copies, man. Charlotte? Now I love you. I, I still to this day can't really tell you what type of music no. that Sade is. No, I know no. we're all over yeah. the place, y'all. Mm-hmm. I apologize, but it. Some might say it it's R and B, but it's not. Jazz no. radio mm-hmm. plays her. Yeah. Kind of contemporary. Pop, urban, urban pop, AC. Yeah. Yeah. She all so over the place. you. You worked with her. You worked at the label. Mm-hmm. You called it what? When they had the label. I didn't even name it. I didn't name it. So I how'd just, you market it? Because you know they had I to knew, have it. I had to find a way to get her accepted in America. Okay. I knew Your Love is King and Smooth Operator would, <sighs> would not make black radio. What do you mean? Back then, they wouldn't play that. They didn't play that record? They and did. I don't remember they I was did, a kid. They did eventually they, play it. But really? I introduced her with Hang On To Your Love. 
That was an awesome record, bro. Which was the that which, album, and the album. reason why I picked it because it's got the same track as Thriller. Do 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 do. Wow. Here you go. Okay. Come I on, baby. I don't want to talk to you. Baby, no why, I get the, why I get the big box? Okay, come on, baby. Come on, now give it up, man. Come on, give I it never, up. Give I it never, I never had it. Dun, 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 Listen to dun, it. Dun, dun, dun. You sure right. I know. And she hated that record. Why? She, it was the first record that she ever wrote. It's like the backwards version of on the bass of Thriller. Yeah. Wow. You just recognize it. If you never told me that, I never would have thought about it. But that's, that's dun, the reason dun, why dun, I picked it. Michael Jackson. Same track. Dun, 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 sh- wow. Yeah, because uh, uh, the pop department didn't know what they said. Man, what we, they knew that they could not bring her out of the box with her big hits from Europe, which were Your Love is King and Smooth Operator. There was no place to get that played. So I said, my deal was this. I'm going to come out with Hang On To Your Love. I'm going to run it up to top 10 at R&B Radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do a national press tour on her and introduce her to the country. I had all what they would call now influencers. Come, <laughs> would come out Calvin Klein. I had all the major people show up for all of her sh- parties. Mm-hmm. We had one in New York, one in Chicago, one in L.A., one in D.C. Had them all across the country, took her on a little mini tour and introduced her. And my plan was, while we were running, hang on up to your love, up to charts, people would get introduced to her and started accepting her style while we were I, running. As a kid, I went and got the album. The song made well, me want the album. Most of the times, you know, we're single sell albums back then. They don't Well, know. that's a whole nother yeah. story. Mm-hmm. Okay, a um, few more questions. So how do you feel you had the opportunity to work from the 70s, mm-hmm. right, all the way through the 2000s? And you occasionally, if you pick and choose, you'll mm-hmm. still do some independent work today. Mm-hmm. What happened? And your book is called is is, is radio, radio was, was king. king, right? Which implies radio is not king anymore. They're not. So to you, I just want to hear to me because you lived it. What happened in your opinion? Is it because social media is just so strong, etc.? Or nah. what? What radio happened? got disinterested in music? Radio not interested in music anymore. What you is know, it interested in? They interested in numbers. An advertisement and and playing familiar sounding records. That's why when you listen to a radio now, you don't know when the last record stopped <laughs> <Be> <laughs> and the next record started oh because God. they all sound alike. Matter of fact, the last time I really listened to to the box, I think it was the box, and I think Lil Wayne was hot back then. Every record that they played had a Lil Wayne sound to it. So they don't want, radio doesn't want to take any risk of losing, losing listeners. So they play branded material, you know, uh, Beyonce, Jay-Z, recognizable sounds, and they don't want to break that groove by testing a new record. New records, matter of fact, now have to go through research, all kind of stuff, man, before you can get them on the radio. I remember the day that a radio programmer would trust his ear. Mm. Sir, that was a while back. Yes, it was. Corporations came in the radio. That's when radio was, you You. You got a chance to see a lot of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it got taken away. And so it 
I, I think what you're talking about, it hurt radio. Oh, it and, hurt. And, and now they're at a point where these kids have no interest. No, they have no in interest in radio. It's nothing. They'd rather just look at TikTok. Yeah, they look at TikTok. Uh, they'll go to YouTube. My grandson, which is 19, he listens to all his new music on YouTube. So let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Can can radio change? Oh, yeah. you wrote you wrote you wrote this book. In your opinion, in twenty twenty three, when this is being filmed, mm-hmm. could radio Absolutely. still be a major player with all this stuff? And I don't have my phone because I left it. Uh-huh. But with that digital thing that needs to be in my hand, could radio survive? That? Oh yeah, absolutely. And radio has first of all got to get risky. Again, there was never. That's not happening. I know. Okay, so it's so essentially it's over. It's over. Okay, so we don't need to talk about that no more. (laughs) You know, know, but you know, and another thing I was just and I I just want to hear from somebody who lived it was there. They're not risking on now. Yeah, they're not risking anymore. They don't want to take any kind of chances of any kind of new material. You got. I've heard it a million times. Test it somewhere else. Or find out if it's got legs. And then after you prove it's got legs, they still don't want to mess with it until it's researched. And they, their audience recognizes that sound. They know who that person is. I said, how the hell are you supposed to know who he is and you won't play him? So is music essentially, are, is, is music dead? Or just the well, mediums I, on how what? we listen? Now, you know what? Music is dying too, which mm. I hate. I want you to notice something. You will notice since the first of this year, how many new releases have you seen? Well, because of my position, I uh-huh. see a lot of records, but they're not from big artists. There you go. These are all independent of little people trying to get something going. Major labels don't. <laughs> the little people trying yeah, to get something major going. Major labels don't need to release as much material anymore because catalog is selling because of streaming. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that. So is the record label dead now? Because these new artists, you know, they can upload their own music. They can mm-hmm. get distribution now. They can get on all the platforms. So is the major record label and signing to the major record label, that's such a big deal now, or is it done? No, you need a big, you need a big label. So you still you need, think that's— Oh, yeah, because you need big money. Still. You need money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. you got to have money. You can have a natural thing happen. Amazingly, and I've been in the industry 50 years and I don't know, I, wow, I can count amazing. the number of records that I've worked that when you put them on the radio, they just ignite. That is rare. I mean, very rare. You know, uh, most records take time, energy, and effort. For black matter of fact, with, like with Chardonnay, it took banging that record to make people really realize that this girl is, you know, this is something here. You need to listen to this. It took me beating it up and putting her in her and her being as sexual and sensuous as she is didn't hurt. No, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh but uh it's it uh I worked, let me see, I can tell you. You remember the record Ghetto Jam by Domino? Mm-hmm. I worked that. Was, Did you really? Oh yeah. I love Dom that song. That record here blew we go, up. Here we go. That record blew up in three weeks. It was just That was a good record. Oh, too, it was though. a huge record. It was a good record. And I told my boy. And he'll tell you this today. I told my boy. Outburst, I think, was the label through Def Jam. Yeah, that was my boy mm-hmm. Greedy Greg. It was an indie record. They signed to Sony. I told him not to do it. I said, man, <laughs> I said, man, this record is about to blow up. Don't, Don't do sign it. that deal. He got 300000 in the in the single, and everything went platinum. I said, you got shorted. Wow. Yeah. I told him, he didn't have no faith. He wanted to go take that short money. Well, sometimes you don't know, so you get what you can get. SOS band was another one that blew up, just blew up. As soon as we put it on the radio, blew up. Matter of fact, 
you know mayo, mayonnaise, I call it, berry mayo. Yes. I I I used that record to beat Mayo up for years because Mayo <laughs> took over WGCI mm-hmm. before he went to New York to kiss. And before I left Chicago to go to New York, I begged Mayo to play this record. I said, man, this SOS is a monster. You, I can't hear it, T. He couldn't hear it? I can't hear it. Take your time, do it right. He couldn't hear it? Couldn't hear it. Oh, man. Yeah. As soon as that record come on. Oh, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. You just, it he, just, I don't know. He, he couldn't hear it. it. He couldn't really? hear it. And wow. I beat him up about that boy because when he got the program ship and Kiss in New York, I told him, I said, you know, you missed that other one. Don't I miss said, another Don't one. Miss <laughs> no. I said, you, you missed that one. I said, I told you that record was a hit. I said, you better start trusting my ear. Man, I wouldn't have no ear. <laughs> be quiet. He's a good programmer. <laughs> we ain't going to start no old school beef on this no, one. No, no, there's no beef. <laughs> I told him when he was programming the station. Lord, let me, let me ask you. Yeah. I, I got to let you go. And I know, David, I know you got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, what do you tell th- these young folks when they ask you questions about putting out music now, the best way to put these records out, mm-hmm. in your opinion? How do you do that in this environment that we are in now? Uh, well... As hard as it is for me to say, because I make most of my money in radio, is that, you know, you need a lot more than radio nowadays. Matter of fact, you got to fill so many slots, you know. And that, but, uh, but on the other hand, if you have a monster record, you don't need but one outlet. Mm. You don't need nothing, maybe YouTube or radio or social media, just one. That's all you need. But records that need work and help need all of them. You got to put eggs in all the baskets. You're right. Okay. All right. When is book dropping, man? Book is available March the third. It's on Amazon. You can also get it on my website at whenradiowasking.net. All right. Okay. Go there and get it directly. Please get it from me direct. Yeah, get it from me. Amazon rob you, brother. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Don't stop. stop No, uh, no uh, store beef on here. Uh, TC. Thanks, man. I love you. I'm sorry that you were waiting in that hallway and got pissed off. I got to go get in traffic now. (laughs) I got to go get in traffic because you had me sitting out there. Listen, man, this, this, you know what? You're going to feel good going home. (laughs) Well, you're good. (laughs) No. That boy, no. that boy, good. But <laughs> listen, because I could talk to you all night long because I have a million questions because I'm so in love with that period of music. Mm-hmm. And you had a chance. I'm jealous of you. I'm literally jealous. I thought I'd, let me turn Be- this thing off. Excuse me, man. That's all right. Uh-huh. I'm jealous because you had a chance to me as corrupt, crazy, racist. Oh, yeah. And all this other stuff. You had a chance to live in an era and see from 70, even if it's just from mm-hmm. 70 to 79, you had a chance. It, yeah, it got really to, good in the late 70s. <laughs> late 70s to the 80s. And then, then after I left CBS, I went and did Teddy Riley. Did you? You did the New I Jack did, too? I, I didn't did, know that. I did Guy. I did Rex in Effect. I did all of that. I ran GR Productions, Teddy Riley's company for three I years. I love Teddy Riley. Oh, yeah, Teddy I did all the Teddy stuff. was a cool Real quick story, there was an mm-hmm. artist on his label, I'm not going to say who, that came to Houston and mm-hmm. just did. I don't remember what this particular artist did, but it mm-hmm. wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was okay with it. I'm used to artists doing all kinds oh, of stuff. Yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, you yeah. just get used to it. Yeah. Teddy Riley, and he'll never remember because he had no clue who I am, but he called me, I don't know to this day, how he got the hotline of the radio station. 
Mm-hmm. He called me and said, hey, is this Matt Hatter? Yes, it is. This is Teddy Riley. This is when I love everything Teddy Riley. Mm-hmm. When I was writing songs, I kind of bit Teddy Riley production style. Teddy Riley calls me while I'm on the air. I can't even think after the call. Teddy called me to apologize for this artist. And I'm like, Teddy, I've sir, you don't have to apologize for somebody else's yeah. stuff. Man, I said, you are golden to me. Yeah. You are great. And you even picking up the phone to call me to tell me this mm-hmm. makes me love you even more Genius, as man. a human being. Yeah. He was a great, and, but, and he know he's very soft spoken. Oh yeah, well, Hatter, you know, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, man, I appreciate him. I, I think so much. But it was unnecessary. Let me tell you this story before I close out. Yes, sir. I signed Teddy when he was 15 years old. Wow. To CBS as Kids at Work. Kids at Work. You show right. They uh, were all epic. That's Boy, right. you done seen some history, man. I don't know how you can get this. This book got to be this large. <laughs> There's 350 pages. Yeah, I don't. I, I couldn't believe it. I don't even see how you I can pick. I don't know pages. how you can pick what stories. Well, I know some people don't want their stories told, yeah. so you you can easily eliminate them. Yeah. yeah. So I bet some of them stories that you had to cut with probably like. <laughs> They probably sold the whole book. Probably, yeah. Like you said before, one story probably sells the whole book. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, listen, even if you don't get a chance to tell the story about all those other people, I think anyone that enjoys music, loves the music industry and wants a bird's eye view of what it was like of yeah. l- literally mm-hmm. I think the book has to be fun for them yeah. in any I mean, capacity. It, 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 my, it has my, to be fun. My, uh, editor, which just texted me, uh, was a professor, you know, so I had to get somebody that could talk. You know? <laughs> Shut uh, up. Uh, could talk. I couldn't, I couldn't trust myself with my English. So I got somebody. Not to, even your English, just the way. My, or my manner. I had, you know what? My daughters are going to be really proud of me because I had a whole interview. I can't believe it. And didn't curse. You did it. Well, you want, there was one or two that slipped. Okay. I'm so surprised. I didn't I'm, say any I, kind I'm, of profanity. I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Because anyone that watches this like, Wow. Yeah. Who is that? They yeah, may I, not know I, who you are. Well, they probably don't, but I'm, I, 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 I am a very quiet person, reserved person. I don't know that person. I was, I was not that person most of my life. Really? You know? I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know him. Oh, I was a, I was. You're cool. always been driven up in your face. Say it how it goes. Driven. Don't bite your tongue. It is what it is. Yeah. You've always been that way. You've never changed. But I will say you've always been gracious and, and wonderful well, I, and beautiful I, you, to you me. So I, even when you're mad at me, I still can't well, I be res- mad I respect back. you. And so, there are a few people I respect. That, you know, you know that. You know <laughs> that, you know that Hannah. I respect you. I've always liked you because you've always been a straight shooter. Yes, sir. you always it's been a, a different straight type shooter. Of, yours is more hurtful, but mm-hmm. I've learned how to solve in mind, but yeah, oh, yeah. you're you're you no, are you've very, always been straight. You've with always me. been helping me when I was yeah. doing records, everything. Oh, yeah. yeah, I always liked there. you. You always straight up, you know, uh you were non pretentious, you know, <laughs> which I I like. You know, because I'm non pretentious. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, and I mean I even though I've just been blessed, man. That's all I can really say because it just in the book I tell a story from me as a kid in East Texas listening to my little AM radio. Uh, and used to have to, the only time I could really listen to any kind of black music was late at night because he used to be able to get Chicago, mm-hmm. used to play all the late the good stuff. And just dreaming of that stuff and like, loving music. So, and getting a chance to actually live it, 
I couldn't ask for nothing else, man. Mm. I could not ask for nothing. And I did not mind the bumps or the or the bullshit or the or the racism. I mean that that stuff rolled off my back like it was water. It didn't really matter to me as long as I got what I wanted done. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir, absolutely. I was not gonna let something like that put uh kill my purpose. You know, and I like I say in the book and I say this, I don't tell on nobody but me in the mm, book. I like that. Is that uh you know, I shit I stopped cocaine, I stopped everything. Yes, sir. Cleaned myself up. You know, because first— Look at you, still here. Oh, yeah. And I, I was telling—you know Don Carter. You know D.C. You know, yeah. you know all these people. Yeah, you know D.C. that used to be vice president of Motown. We was just talking about—he's 82. Wow. He looked like he's 40-something. Wow. And I just tried to tell man, how could you have done the amount of narcotics that you <laughs> stop did? Stop it. Stop it. Don't do that here. No, we won't do that here. If it's in your book, it can be it, there. It, it'll be—it's in the book. Go out and get when radio get the was king. website again. Yeah. When Radio Was King dot net, uh I trust me as my editor says, it's a page turner. I believe it is. Yeah. I have fun just sitting here oh, talking to you. Thank you for sharing. Thank I you, hope man. somebody takes this and it's a capsule for what the industry Time was see, when uh, it was when it was to me fun. as bad as it was. It was fun. It was great. Yeah. And there's so many of these kind of stories. It was energy. Yeah, man. So energy. thank you, man. Yeah. And thank also, you. what with all that being said, what is success to T C Tunk? My kids. You know, that's the funny thing about it. I I say that in the book though. Out of all the stuff that I've done, after all the hurrahs and all the things that, you know, celebrated that I've done in, it all passes away. It mm. all fades away. You know, it's just like the latest headlines. You know, you ain't covering that no more. All fa- and the reason why, and I can say this for I close, one of the re- main reasons I wrote the book is that people start lying about what they did, about artists that I know I did. You know, I start re- reading stuff about how so-and-so broke Charday and he did this and Michael Jackson. I'm sitting and saying, who is this person? <laughs> you know, who is, where were you when I was out there beating them streets? You know? <laughs> so, I mean, my daughters really insisted, Daddy, you, you got to claim your legacy. That mm. was the word. Claim, claim your, your legacy. legacy. Yeah. I like that. You know, so that's why I wrote the book. You have claimed it. Thank you. Man, thank you so much, Thank man. you, player. Nothing but love. And I don't care how mad you get at me, I'm going to still love you regardless. Hey, you know about that with temporary. You know, even though, <laughs> even though you treated me like somebody, oh, you know, I mean, had me. I want to let your audience know that he told me to be here at 145. Lordy. I was here at 130. <laughs> he made me wait until 230. In my defense, I did not know it was here until he angrily opened the door, and then I had to stop and, and, mm-hmm. and stop that interview. Yeah, sure. Like, sure. <laughs> Just end like, it. Like somebody else invited me. <laughs> Thanks, Heather. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Always, dog. You're my man. Yes, sir.